With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 382, aka Year 8, Week 10, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled Clubhouse show, uh, find us there on the old Clubhouse. Uh, the club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R I C H E S, the number four, R I C H, to get the little notification when we start this live show. Uh, typically around 4 p.m. Saturday afternoons is when I like log into the old clubhouse and get things set up to go. So if you're in a little early, you can hang out, chat with us for a bit, potentially, uh, before we actually hit the record button on the show. Otherwise, join whenever. Um, and as long as you don't look to be, you know, bodish or scammy um, and looks like you've been here listening for a while or send me a message, um, let me know what you want to talk about in there. And I'll do my best to, to get you on the program so you can get your thoughts out there. <clears throat> that being said, MC, are we in a recession? And how do you know? How do you know? Um, so up until recently, um, the definition of recession was two quarters of uh, non-growth or negative growth. Yes. Right? That's, okay. that's the technical definition. <laughs> and, and okay. And so here's the thing. This is what like really pisses me off, right? Because you started that by saying until recently, motherfucker, that is still the goddamn definition. <laughs> well, not if you ask Wikipedia. <laughs> Which some more nonsense, right? Like that definition, I forget what the article said, that definition on Wikipedia had like, after Biden came out and said like no recession, Right, that definition got edited like 250 goddamn times in 48 hours while they try to cover up their nonsense. Um, <laughs> and and let me also say this: this this the the recession uh, depression definitions uh, you can attest to this have been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. Mm-hmm. Be- and 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 my my reasoning before that was because. Based on the definitions, right, and if and if you know, it, based on the definitions that you just said, right, it it you have to look at it in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So, are we in a recession? The answer is we won't know, right, for another quarter or two, right. If last quarter was negative growth, and you're asking like right now, are we in a recession? We won't know until the end of this quarter. Right? Because if this quarter has positive growth, there was no recession. If it has negative growth, then we were in a recession. But now that we're in Q3, are we still in a recession? You don't know until you start Q4 and the numbers come out. Right? That, that alone has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, you, you can have feelings. You can see indicators. Right? There, there's you know, stuff on the wall. You're like, oh, you can observe the world around you. Um, but based on those definitions, you can never know when you're in one uh, because it requires, you know, it, it requires um, data not currently available. Um, when, uh, when Reagan was running for president, um, or maybe before that, um, but anyway, he, he was giving a speech, and one of the things he, would, he said was, was uh, that you know, when the government says you're depressed, uh, Lie, lie down and be depressed and he was he was commenting on that because you know the government is telling you these uh numbers and they're supposed to mean that there's uh no hope or no you know no no hope for growth okay and and now we're getting the opposite of that you know things are turning down and they're trying to say no don't 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 pay attention to that there's no problems right. when there obviously are and 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 the reason why is uh because the they don't want you to think it's a recession is because they're the ones causing the recession yes so and i don't know how bad it would be without biden in there but 
um, he's he's doing everything uh, to to not help. Right. That's another thing. Like within the polisphere, uh, as as president, right? Like the buck stops there. So if if the president is going to take credit for or be responsible for these types of things, right? This is Biden's recession, or was Biden's recession, right? If Trump was in office and we're still in a recession, we'd be saying the same thing. But you cannot, you cannot say that it would have been different under Trump, right? You can, you can assume that based on, you know, all the positive indicators that Trump gave and, you know, oh, the best economy, the, we handed you the greatest recovery, but who knows? Uh, and that's partially because a lot of what's going on now, in my opinion, um, is, is the trickle-down effects from the COVID lockdowns, right? Like, I, I seen a headline, we, sh- we saw a headline and it said, like, you know, Halloween candy is going to be in short supply this year. You know, get, get ready for the Halloween candy bust, you know. I'm like, what most people probably don't understand is these are third and fourth level problems stemming from shutting down the economy two years ago, right? Mm. Because when they shut down the workers and all the raw material production that would have been used to, through the process to get you to Halloween candies in 2022, right, that's years in the making, and I don't, and I think it's difficult for people to accept that and to visualize um, those that level of of effects. Right? It's like, oh no, you know, with the, it can only be like the last two months. Why the hell is there a Halloween candy shortage? We got all, you know, all the, in a few years there'll be a Halloween candy boom yeah. because production ramped back up. But now, you know. And I just, I want to vent on one more thing real quick before you know before we jump. So, the the definition of of recession and depression. A recession, uh, two two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Depression, two consecutive years of negative growth. Now, that's that's the commonly held definition, uh, but it's also like the shit that comes out of the economics textbooks, mm-hmm. and like I know this because I took economics. In college, and I did a lot more, and so I, I posed a question on here several weeks ago, um, and I, I admitted at the time, like I really needed KS to answer the question because it was about the inflationary aspects of exporting the ex- exporting the inflation, right? Like I want to know, you know, I, I I I'm I'm I have the background, I am not smart enough to answer this question myself, right? I, I need I need people smarter than me to walk me through this, not hold my hand, but like help me out here. And so I, I went to, shortly thereafter, I went to a meetup group um, locally here in New Hampshire, right? And, the, you know, I, there's libertarians and, you know, s- smart people in their own right. And so, like, I threw out that question again. And the response that I got back from, from you know, one of the, uh, I'm going to call them the intellectual members, was like, well, before I answer that question, like, what level of economics are you already at? So I know how to answer the question for you. I'm like, motherfucker, right? <laughs> uh, bachelor's degree in business administration, concentration in marketing and economics, MBA after that, uh, no economics in that. And I've read through, like, you know, like Menger's Principles of Economics and uh, Mises' Human Action, right? Like, I'm with you. Okay. He's like, oh, okay. And, and then gave me a very unsatisfying answer. Right, because like I, I have no idea when you put it, you know, when you put it like that, and through that conversation, right, you know, I, we, I, we were talking about the inflation, and I recalled several years ago, MC, when you enlightened me to a theory that you were, you know, you had on, um, it was, it was through, the, you know, the earlier on inflationary monetary policy, and you said we could see deflationary effects or something to that effect. I'm not going to quote you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that was that was my recollection of how that conversation went. And at the time, right, with my background and whatnot and everything that I've read so far, I went, that makes no sense, right? And you went, here's why. And then, right, like two weeks after that, Mises.org comes out with an article that basically corroborated what your research had generated for you. Right, and I and I told you this at the time. I like, look at this, fucking Mises, you know, is is now saying exactly what you're saying. So, when talking with these intellectuals at the meetup group, 
right? Like, here's the thing. Like, you think you know, and yet you have no idea, right? Because, <laughs> and, I, and I gave them that example, right? Like, how can inflating the money supply lead to deflationary results? And I went, you know, my buddy MC explained it to me. I d- I'm not going to explain it to you now. And then Mises put out the article. So if all you're doing is reading Mises shit, right? Like find that article and realize that you can be wrong on certain things and it's not all as cut and dry as you think. Um, <laughs> so I say all of that to say this, right? The definition of recession and the definition of depression have been so ingrained in my psyche through all of that education levels, right? Like, you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree, all the, all the Mises books of the Austrian theories and, uh, of economics, right? Like, and that's why I have a pet peeve about it, and that's why I have a pet peeve about the definition. So when they come out and say, well, it's not, it's not really the definition. It's just kind of what most people use. But we have this other system over here. Um, you know, that's, that's why I get so fed up about it. Because number one, right, I, I may not be an expert, but I am credentialed in certain areas. Right, like I've I've done more than most in these areas, and the reason I asked the questions, you know, like I did about you know about uh, uh, exporting in exporting the inflation, is because it's another level of thinking about these things beyond just the cut and dry, you know, government printing money bad and they gotta stop. Right, like I'm with you there, uh, but there there are levels like you know it comes up in sports a lot in MMA because yeah. I watch a lot of US. Well, I don't even think money money printing is there are levels bad, to this. bad necessarily. I'm I'm happy if, if they print money and give it to everybody equally, or don't print money and give everybody nothing equally. Um, it's to me, it's a matter of, of fairness. Like if you're right. going to play the game Monopoly and you know play it like a game, why would people want to keep playing a game where the bankers never lose? This makes no sense. <laughs> Which is also why, much like the game Monopoly, I have I have striven. Uh, in my adult life, to creatively think of ways to become the bank, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, and 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 cryptocurrency lends itself to that somewhat. Yeah. You know, now some some people took that uh, to to heart, and they created companies like uh, Celsius, where they're uh, fighting against the bank, they're saying we're we're you know against the bankers, and the, and then they created a bank, and and then they scammed everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they, like, they fucking became the bankers. <laughs> yeah. And so, so they got to, you know, they're, they're fighting Ponzi schemes with another Ponzi scheme and, uh, you know, that's wrong in itself, but, um, yeah, it's quite, it's, it's, it's amazing, uh, how these things, you know, play out exactly, um, the way they do. That was another conversation that I had with UMC that I took outside, right. And, and I had it with other, uh, you know, smarter libertarians or, or community members, movers for the free state project, whatever here. Uh, and that was, you know, the 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 uh, crypto uh, exchanges, right? Mm. Like, and and them being becoming the banks because, to me, one of the one of the beautiful things about cryptocurrency, or you know, Bitcoin specifically, was how cut and dry it was, mm-hmm. right? Like, I never, I don't. One of the detriments I found to that currency itself, right, early on, was it didn't really lend itself to lending, at least, right. you know, currently, you know, and, and yeah. so other, other smaller currencies have popped up. And, and neither, neither does gold, really. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, that, and that's why it, it always gets uh, uh, stolen and, uh, and, and lent out multiple times, and, and, and that's why banks used to go bankrupt is because um, – well, it's based in reality, and so their solution to well, the problem of something that's based in reality, like something physical, was to just not use real money anymore, just use fake money, and then, well, then you can't lose. You just, you know, someone steals it, or if the bank is about to go bankrupt, you could just, just print more and bail them out. Right. And and that's the whole point of the Federal Reserve. And and it's it's a scam, but it's you know it's it's our scam now, sort of. Um, yeah. If if you're in that that class that benefits from it. And the and the article that came up, what that that concerned me was, you know, does crypto need a lender of last resort, right, for these exchanges? And I was I was unable to convey uh, 
the you know our discussion over to them like they you know they either chose not to get it or didn't get it or I did a poor job of explaining it uh, and that was like the exchanges are the new gold gold dealers goldsmiths right? right like you 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 put what you think is crypto onto the exchange well they're they're the money changers sure that's that's the correct way of interpreting okay. it. and that goes back to biblical times and uh, you know when when Jesus threw over the tables and he, he was he was mad at the, the the money changers for shortchanging people with with you know debased money <laughs> right and and the and the comparison that I was trying to make was you know that debasement right like the goldsmith the guy with the gold vault issuing paper certificates right and not having enough gold to back all the certificates is you know what was going on with the exchanges where the you know they 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 they're they're balance sheet or whatever the you know their public facing ledger said that they had all this crypto but it was just incremented in your account right like they they didn't have the backing and they don't have the backing which is right. what made it the ponzi schemes to begin with and you know they again i i was unable to communicate this effectively because everyone i talked to out you know outside of that group was like yeah so i've got i've got my bitcoin and i don't care what goes on on the exchange i'm like okay fine Right. Like that's, you know, I've got, I've got cash in my wallet. Right. But if, if the, if the money changers debase the currency, right, that affects the value in my pocket. And so even if you have like Bitcoin in your, in, on your, in your hard wallet, right. If they're fucking with the system, right. Then, and, you know, that affects the value that you have in your hard wallet regardless. And there's, you know, we're losing control of that, especially when they were calling for lenders of last resort. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just I wanted you know we we talked a little bit about it, but I just wanted to get that off my chest, right? Like credentialed, paying attention, know these things, stop fucking with definitions, right? For for generations, right? <laughs> it is that you know it's well, been defined a certain way, and Biden doesn't get to change that uh, just to get away from taking responsibility for it. I I think that's a, a defining characteristic of the left, at least in this moment, is just disregard to uh, language yes uh, and, and definitions and meaning and that and that's why people had a you know hard time defining what a woman is it's like did you watch that documentary wow. did we talk about this I I didn't I've only okay. seen clips from right. it um, I, I guess I, that's on my list of things to do I guess um, yeah so how can how can you even have a conversation if you can't agree on definitions and 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 so that's what they're kind of doing to um uh strengthen well they're they're only catering to the, to their base at this point and that's that's why the the left is going to lose so bad because they're not even going to be co- coherent to the middle anymore yeah you know? they'll say things like oh the the price of of gas rising is is good for you you know it's a good thing they've already said that because yeah and 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 it's nonsensical it's like wait a second (laughs) uh i can no longer afford to eat and not only that um there's a couple places uh well canada and holland they're they're actively going after the farmers they're trying to make it impossible for them to farm they're they're trying to limit the amount of nitrogen that comes out of their fertilizer yeah. uh, use. Have you and seen have you seen some of the conspiracy theories on that? N- not conspiracy theories, but uh Al- I, I, I listened to studies. some some people actually, you know, farmers talking about it and you know their view is that uh the left is demonizing uh meat production, right? And they want people to, you know, I guess become more vegetarian or whatever and so they're going after them uh through the environmental you know nonsense right um and so the and what the farmer correctly pointed out was like okay so let's say holland who and canada who have very high standards and in, in, in uh, agriculture they're no longer going to be able to function okay so does that mean the population is just going to not eat meat anymore? No, of course they're going to. No, and we got so, bugs for that. Crickets. Crickets is the new thing. No, they're they're going to seek out meat products from other markets. And so they're just going to use more fuel and to transport 
stuff that's made in other countries with lower standards, you know, from the U.S. or from China or wherever to, to import the meat because they're still going to eat meat. So they're not going to actually solve, you know, the, the fertilizer problem. They're just going to, you know, do it somewhere else. And, and all it's going to do is destroy farming in, in, in these regions that have really good standards. Uh, and, uh, and it's going to make it more expensive for everybody. So, because that's, you know, that's competition. So, uh, food prices in the U S and everywhere else is going to go up because, well, Canada and, and Holland are still going to, you know, want meat and meat products and they're going to be paying for them. And so that all you're, all they're doing is destroying, uh, agriculture in their country yes. and well, for, for zero reasons, you know, the, the, the actual, uh, benefit to anybody is, is, is zero. So the the alternative theory on that is that it's a land grab. Yeah, and I, I do believe that too. And that's what uh, the farmer also talked about was okay. So it's a land grab, and they want to build houses where the farms are. And it's like, okay, that's that's you know very possible too. And and politicians have been known to do crazy things like that. And that's half the reason uh, you know why in in Hawaii home prices are so high is because they they don't free up any of the land that isn't even being used for farming because well, other government regulations like the Jones Act. Keep the country country, brother. I, I well, it's, every bumper sticker that I saw that said that. <laughs> yeah, keep... Uh, how about keep the property in the hands of individuals? There you go. Property <laughs> yeah. in the hands of the owner. Or like... <laughs> so, okay. So, one other thing I want to talk about about that really quickly is yes... Uh, meat eaters or whatever will still seek out their meat product, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, and that will drive up the prices. Um, But again, you know, Econ 101 or 102 um, tells us that there is is a maximum price that people are willing and or able to pay for the goods that they seek out, right? Yeah. And at some point they seek alternatives. What ends up happening is 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 people start preferring lower quality of meats, and yes, and and then when the the price of lower quality of meats goes too high, then they you know then they eat other things. Um, but uh, a lot of the things that people will gravitate to are things that the government subsidizes, um, and so you know we saw what happened in in, in Haiti when the when they got flooded with uh, with rice, you know, yep. basically free. Uh, it destroyed all their other uh, markets so it's it's so uh destructive when the government gets involved in in uh in price or produ- production yeah. controls uh, and for, I, for anything yeah and i'm 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 part of that i'm going to say experiment experience as we speak like last night we had a uh, meatloaf for dinner right made with ground turkey well mm. why because when we went to the supermarket to get, like, ground meat, uh, ground beef is getting prohibitively expensive compared to ground turkey. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know what? Fuck it. I could eat meatloaf with turkey. Like, I, you know, I <laughs> eat just about anything. Um, and I'm probably not going to, like, if you, if you did a side-by-side, right, with ground beef and ground turkey, I could probably taste the difference maybe, perhaps. Right? Mm-hmm. But whether it's a significant enough preference to spend that much more on the ground beef uh, than this, you know, cheap pack of ground turkey over here, no. So I've already, I've, you know, I've already expressed my preference in the marketplace, right, by, by doing just that, buying cheaper goods, less goods, you know, making do on less uh, because, of the, because of the rise in prices associated with, you know, the, the inflationary monetary policy. Now, does that mean at some point, like, you know, you, you'll catch me eating the crickets? Uh, I can't say no to that, right? I, you know, I, I uh, several months ago when I was really more, a little more concerned, uh, I made the rounds and bought up, you know, like the emergency food supplies, you know, the, the grains, the nuts, the whatever, just in case there was a, a, an actual food shortage that I wouldn't be, you know, starving. Um, and I also... Uh, you know, cheap plug because I've tried them in the past. Like I, I've seen the ads on social media and I went, eh, we'll give them a shot. And I bought some of their products, shared it with a buddy of mine. And it was, it was tolerable, 
right? It's Huel, H-U-E-L. Have you heard of this thing? No. It's a it's it's basically a meal replacement supplement. Oh, okay. Um, but they, you know, the 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 drinkable shake that I had before was like, man, you know, my other job, I'm you know, I'm on the road. You know, we, we do like two jobs a day. So sometimes, you know, getting lunch in there is difficult. And if we're always eating out at lunch, you know, then, you know, it's prohibitively expensive, you know, to always be, you know, plate lunch in Hawaii, you know, like eight, nine bucks, right? You know, I don't want to spend that every day um, while doing that. It's like, you know, uh, the shake, $2 a shake, basically. You know, all the nutrition you need for a full meal. I'm like, well, let, you know, let's, see, let's see how that goes. And it was, you know, pretty bland, Right. I was like, well, OK, this is not the best thing in the world. Um, but, did it, you know, I finished off the bag. Right? I was like, well, this is this is my lunch until this bag is gone because it's all, you know, it's two bucks for whatever. Um, and so when you know I'm doing this meal prep, I go like, well, let me go get some more of that. And they had, you know, new flavors and new things. And it was like three seventy five or four bucks a meal. And this was a hot meal. Right. You know, like in the bag instead of a instead of a shake shake like, you know, a blender bottle shake. And so I, you know, I go with the hot meal. And it's like, you know, s- spicy Thai chili curry or something. <laughs> and it was like the blandest fucking spicy Thai chili curry you've ever had. This, <laughs> this was like the hottest one they offer. And there was like no fucking heat to it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So like, I know how it tastes. Now, can I survive off of this? And the answer was like, yeah. You know, if, if, if worse comes to worse, I can survive off of this. Do I want to? No, because bland is all fuck. Um. Uh, but if, if, this, if the shelves go bare, right, like I've got a few weeks of, of shitty, uh, you know, all, you know, beta vitamins and protein supplements <laughs> that, you know, that'll, that'll sustain me for a little bit. Um, yeah. But people make, people make do. So if the, if the goal is to get people off of meat, right, to starve the population out and to get them on bugs, yeah, you, you can absolutely inflate the prices to a point where the vast majority of people either cannot or refuse to pay that price, um, and they and they go to substitute and co- and competing goods, and if that ends up being you know down the line, we're like I don't think we're going to go to crickets overnight, uh, but it's definitely it's definitely being introduced to the narrative, right? That's new. That shit used to be fear factor material, right? All right. Tonight on Fear Factor, Joe Rogan again, right? Tonight on Fear Factor, look at there. You're going to have to eat. Fucking crickets, and it, it was a gross out thing. It was like, yeah, hey, fucking cricket. I want to goddamn fuck. I uh, tap out. Yeah, yeah, quit. I'm not. I'm not doing it. And, you know. And now it's like, no, oh, no, cricket. Thought the you, you turn it into powder, and you can make cricket flour and cricket protein, and it's like the healthy alternative to meat. Like, no, it's fucking fear factor food, and only be eaten in a fear factor environment, which who knows we might be getting to. So you never know, man. What what was that movie with the the, the train? Oh, um, uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of the horror parts where it opened up the thing. Oh, it's crickets. Yeah. That's <laughs> bucks. I, I I number one, I love that movie. Number two, I haven't seen any of the show. So if you're unaware that they made a show out of that, you know. Some people say the show is better. I haven't I haven't watched okay. it. Okay. I didn't know if you were aware of the show. I haven't watched yeah. it either. And and I actually, actually didn't like the movie. I've seen it twice now, I think, or maybe three times. Um but one thing I one thing I really liked about it was uh somebody made a YouTube conspiracy video that that basically says that uh Snowpiercer is basically a sequel to Willy Wonka and yes. the Chocolate Factory. Yep, I've seen that. That was that was so that that makes it worth watching in itself. So if you watch the movie, then watch the conspiracy theory video. Yeah, and it's, I was like, oh yeah, that make, that makes it so much better. We just recently watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, with the Gene yeah. Wilder version. Yeah, that one was amazing. Um, yeah. It's it's shocking they were even able to pull that off. When Especially they did, when you, you know. read the the backstage notes on that thing too. <laughs> I saw one comment like with all the backstage notes like okay so basically what happened was is like Gene Wilder and the director were like the only two people who knew what was going on in the movie and everyone else was just reaction shots <laughs> why did it look so real because they didn't tell the cast what they were going to do and fucking Gene Wilder just ad-libbed and they kept it in there there like, was another one fa- famously that they, they did that to uh, uh, an actress and that that was the the original alien movie when the when the uh 
alien burst out of the person's chest. Oh, yeah. The, the actress didn't know that that was going to happen, and she literally, like, in real life freaked out. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> she almost passed out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because that's, that was, it, you know, for that time, that was one of the scariest scenes that has ever been on TV. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I remember it. Not not at not at the time I you know I, I came to the series later but man yeah just knowing about it yeah but, but good classic filmmaking man like they don't you know they don't do what like they used to. <laughs> I, another movie that we just recently watched because um, there's a there's a movie list of of movies that basically that I've seen that other people haven't seen and uh, and so we watched um, Inglorious Bastards the Quentin Tarantino movie yeah because I like Quentin Tarantino movies and then you know. Because Facebook knows that I just watched Inglorious Bastards, they start popping up shit, you know, the the inf- informational behind the scenes stuff, which again, all of a sudden I'm interested in, right? Because I just I just watched it. Tell me about these backstage things. And there's <laughs> there's like a, a famous scene in the movie where the the uh, the actress in the movie gets like strangled to death, right? Mm-hmm. And the the behind the stage story was like Quentin Tarantino was, you know, so disappointed with every other strangulation scene that he's seen in other movies that, that he decided to take this one upon himself, right? So, so he was like, okay, it was Tarantino's hands in the shot, right? He's like, all right, so basically I'm just going to strangle you and, and then we're going to get the shot, right? And so he literally like nearly chokes out this actress with like the fucking oh, rape no. choke, right? <laughs> And then, like, and fortunately, he got it in one take, so they didn't have to do that again. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, she survived, and right. he's not in prison. <laughs> right. But I'm like, okay, you know, the, it adds the realism, right? Like, how how else are you going to get that shot if you don't fucking just do it? You know? <laughs> so I watch I, I watch a lot of pro wrestling, and at one point, there was a, a Hulk Hogan wrestling training video. Um, not a lot of like a training at home video, but a, like a TV show on BH1, where it's him training like Hollywood actors and actresses and whatever. It was it was basically because Dennis Rodman had wrestled in the past, so it was like a, mm-hmm. a vehicle for Dennis Rodman to get back in the ring, basically. Um, and they get to the part where it's like, all right, we're gonna today we've done the body slams and this whatever, and today we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to do the steel chair shot. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna get hit with the steel chair. And then Hulk Hogan goes, you know, he's up there and he goes like, all right, I don't know how to break this to you guys, but there's only one way to get hit with a steel chair. And that's to get hit with a steel chair. So it's going to hurt a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And like the little kid in me is like, I knew it. I knew it was fucking real the whole time. You can't can't fake that. (laughs) You can't fake that. (laughs) Uh, Give me the flimsiest steel chair you can hit me with. (laughs) Yes, some some of them look like they're they bend pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, well, and that that was the other thing. Like you know, I I I hit my I hit my wrestling peak when wrestling itself was peaking, like high yeah. school, late nineties, mid to late nineties. Um, there was absolutely nothing hotter than professional wrestling, right? And there was like uh, WWF, e, uh, WCW, and then the little guy ECW. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one time, you know, like you you watch the WWF match or the WCW match, and they, oh my God, he went through the table, and the table like breaks cleanly in half, right? Mm-hmm. And then you watch the ECW show, and he's like, oh my God, he went through the table, and it's not even the same table. It's not even like the nice folding table, um, but they go through the table, and the and the the table's like splintered the hell out of it, right? <laughs> and then like you know the owner of that company at the time. Uh, Paul Heyman, like in an interview or something, or even it might have been during a live broadcast when they go through the table. He was like, "Yeah, because we don't gimmick our tables here. Like, there's no pre-cutting that some bitch. It's just you know, <laughs> WWF. They pull the table out and the legs fall off already. And like, yeah, yeah, you know, I I know that when I go to the fucking you know the hardware store and buy a table, it doesn't fall apart when I just unload it. Yeah. You guys have doctored <laughs> this in some way, but the chair shot. No, you can't fake it." So, uh, what were we talking about? I Shelby? don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask you. We went off on some tangent about faking it in movies. Definitions of words. That's what we were talking about. 
yeah, yeah. Really, really unfortunate. <laughs> you know, it, and the I guess W, the you know, wrestling is is more realistic than than politics at this point. It's 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 so ridiculous. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's probably because I'm a fan, um, and so I don't mind if someone goes like, "Well, you're just biased," right? But having been a fan for so long, um, I don't I don't believe that there is a more pure form of entertainment than professional wrestling. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if you accept that's what it is, and if, that's what you're going there for. And I and and I think that's a part of it. Right, because like for years, you know, they faked it, and then they told everyone it was real, and then at some point, you know, Vince McMahon, in order to get off of some federal liability or to open up some New York market or whatever, basically said like, no, oh, I think it was to avoid taxes. Right? Like, okay, if you're coming here to you know put on professional wrestling, you're being regulated by the you know boxing commission. <laughs> And you got to pay the boxing commission fee. And went well. It's it's not really wrestling. It's an exhibition, you know. So we, it's not re- it's not what you think it is. And admitted it, right? Mm-hmm. So like professional wrestling fans are well aware at this point. Like maybe the younger fans, you know, the fucking John Cena fans who you know still believe that it's real. You know, maybe you can. Maybe they still get one over on them. Um, but the average adult professional wrestling fan, like we are well aware that it is fake, you know, and yet it's so goddamn entertaining that we watch it anyway. And that, you know, and again, for me, there's, there's a purity to that, right? Like just like going to the movies, right? I know the actors are only acting. <laughs> um, and so I put it up in that category, even, even the, you know, pre predetermined outcome, fine. But everything in between, man, like there's, there's some, there, for me at least, there's a purity to that that I appreciate. And then, you know, they, and there was a comparison, right? They said like, you know, politics have become just like pro wrestling, right? We know that both sides are lying and people just go along with it anyway, right? <laughs> the, the Democrats and Republicans, they pretend to be at, adversarial to each other, but they're not, you know? They're, they're, you know, two, two wings of the same bird, but we, the people, right. We just go like, well, that's just the way it is. Like we, we know it's bullshit. Um, and then nothing gets done about it. So in that respect, yeah, politics is much like pro wrestling. Um, but with a much greater impact on your life, unfortunately, shall we do headlines? I feel like we should. All right. Let's see. I've. Uh, the Free State Project, uh, no, excuse me, the Free Thought Project fucking killed it this week. Like, I looked up, and all of a sudden, like, four out of the six that I got are stuff that they produced. So, headline from the Free Thought Project, uh, despite zero complaints, Amish farmer fined $250,000 facing jail and shut down for humanely raising animals. <laughs> a headline most Americans think government is corrupt a third say armed revolution may be necessary soon a headline entire police department abandons their posts and quits and the town is not devolving into lawlessness a headline after police ignore her woman shoots cop husband for sexually abusing kids at a daycare she owns a headline this is another dumb one. Most of France on drought alert. Uh, residents across the country are being called on to save water, and the police are making the rounds to ensure they are. And finally, uh, oh, this was the other. This was the other big news for the week. Like I, you know, the, the Biden thing and the the fucking changing of definitions. Uh, but this chick making headlines for a few weeks now. U.S. willing to release Russian war criminal. For WNBA player, as people in America uh, rot in prison for weed. So, <laughs> any of those jump out at you? Uh, no, you, you pick. Yeah. All right. Let's let's start with not the Free Thought Project. Let's go to reason. Most Americans think government is corrupt. A third say armed revolution may be necessary to may, may be necessary soon. 
uh, plus Holly's illiberal nationalism, Santa Monica's housing constructionism, and more. Uh, another sign of growing discontent in America. Okay, I'm going I'm to pause there for a second because I saw another poll, right? Like Biden's approval, Biden's approval rating, lowest in you know in like American history or whatever, at like thirty eight percent, right? And my immediate response was, "Who the fuck are these thirty eight percent? And why aren't they paying attention to anything?" Right? Um, like, well, I would say the the thirty eight percent are the ones that are. Uh, perfectly willing to not not ignore reality, but actively uh, try to suppress it. You know, like like they're they're totally uh, compromised, and okay, they they're willfully uh, you know be- uh, believing uh, some uh, artificial. Uh, BS basically is just okay. They're they're fi- they're fine living in their own reality, is, is, and 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 it and it, and for some reason it benefits them, and so they do. Okay, so it, oh, this seems to be based on what you just said, and then feel free to discuss this out if you want to. This seems to be more leftist phenomenon, right? Because the 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 same thing happened with Barack Obama, right? Like. He, the people on the left adored Barack Obama when he was president. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if we've gotten uh, much better than Barack Obama since he left. Um, but there's an absolute willingness to ignore all of the bad shit that he did while president. Right? Like, it just, it's, it's completely I off mean, the radar, out of the, out of the, the, the same the same worship happens with with Trump supporters too though. Okay, I don't here's the thing. I don't think so necessarily because like, I mean, I mean I, I met plenty of people who who thought everything that he did, everything that Trump did was just the best thing ever and and they would jump through hoops to to explain why uh you know uh, taxes on on steel imports or whatever it was 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 just like a genius move and it's like okay but like <laughs> you're you're completely uh, overlooking all the ne- all the negatives like they they would say you know they would give examples of oh this will help the steel producer in the US right yeah and it would also hurt people that are trying to use cheap steel to build shit okay. you know <laughs> so- i'm i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong but after losing the presidency, right, like Trump was booed at his own rallies when he started to praise the vaccine and the mask mandates. Oh, sure. Right, like he, he forgot, you know, because those were his ideas when he was in office, and then mm-hmm. Biden usurped it, right? Mm-hmm. And so he went to come out and to, like, praise it, like, oh, Operation Warp Speed, like, that was my thing, and, you know, the vaccines, we're getting those out to people. And the Trump supporters, the people that went to the rally went boo you know and yeah so he he lost some support um and so i guess my you know whereas i do hear what you're saying about the steel producers and all that other stuff i don't here's the thing i don't think i don't think barack obama would have got booed at a barack obama rally there is a difference people actually go to a barack obama rally or a trump rally nobody goes to a biden rally also very true so you're not going to hear any booze because there's not going to be anybody there. Yeah, the seven people in the crowd. Okay, and but but the 38 percent, like that's got you know that's like the hardcore base, the the willfully ignorant, you know, the people going like, well, we we gotta we gotta you know those are rookie numbers. We gotta and, bump those up a little bit. And even I also if we don't agree. And I also think the 38 percent are just are just there as. To, to be opposed to the right. So the only reason to be a leftist for most people is to, because they, they view the, the right as a negative thing. So okay. can't, can't be associated with them. They're, they're horrible. And it's like, and so they're, they're automatically going to uh, be pro pro whoever the leftist is. They're going to be pro that person. Is that even how those, Oh man, I don't want to get into the statistics. It's, of it. it's the majority of politics is, is, uh, uh, it's it's based on what people fear, and and it's it's about negative information. So if the negative information uh, about the right 
influences you more, then you're going to be a leftist. If the negative information about the left influences you more, then you're going to be on the right. That's just the way it is. It's unfortunately, uh, it's not about what people like or appreciate. And and so uh, lately, uh, people that want freedom are more likely going to be associated with the right. And that's because the left has been, you know, running so far hardcore left that, uh, you know, they're not... (laughs) even associated with with freedom anymore except for uh the abortion issue which is why they're pushing that so hard and i think that's the whole reason the the whole abortion issue popped up when it did yeah for the midterms my my conspiracy theory mind yeah no i I, again i i hear what you're saying and the the ignorance the ignorance on my part right is i want to believe that the poll question is not worded as such right it's Here's what Biden's doing. Do you agree with it or not? Right? And, was, and you know, and to, to, to say that he's doing a good job or they agree with what he's doing, like 38%, seems like a lot of dumbasses to me. All right. No, they, they don't even care what he's doing. Well, then how is, can you answer yes to that question? Like the, that's, well, well, because, because that's he's, he, to them, he, he's the opposition to the right. And they're, they're so afraid of the right coming in that they won't dare say anything bad about Biden. Okay. I get it. I just again, I want to. I want to know how that question is worded because, in, in in my ignorance, like being having people on the right or what the right would do, would have no bearing on how that question is worded, right? Yeah, and and they've done experiments where they you know take quotes from uh, Biden or some somebody else and they'll and, and they'll read the quote and they say, "Can you believe Trump said that?" And they'll be, "Oh, he's, that's horrible." And then they'll say, "Actually, it was a Biden quote." Yeah, you know. And then they'll be like, ah, oh, Bernie oh. Sanders said it. Like, like oh. oh. Oh, oh well, doesn't matter. There's still going to be yeah. Biden or Bernie Sanders supporters, you know. Oh, <laughs> they don't care. Another weird, like I'm, I'm going to get to this article, but another weird one that happened here, right? I guess they took a poll in New Hampshire, uh, and most people don't want Biden to run anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was, you know, I was, I was on the uh, arc, arc trainer or bike at the gym or whatever, and I look up, and it's like 35 percent of New Hampshire, you know, Democrats or voters or whatever, are like backing Buttigieg as who they'd like to see take on Biden um, for, the, for the 2024 run. Right on. I'm like, really? That guy? Like, <laughs> come on, man. It's, right. Well, I think it's because he's, I don't know. Um, he was the first one to say, let them buy Teslas. Like, that's, that's son of a bitch. He's, he's, he's harmless. <laughs> you know, that's... All right. In their in their mind, I think he's kind of like an innocent. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. Let's get to this article. Most Americans think government is corrupt. A third say armed revolution may be necessary soon. Another sign of growing discontent in America. A new poll from the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics find a majority of Americans think that the government is corrupt and stacked against them. To probably no one's surprise, seventy three percent of poll respondents who identify as strong Republican. Respondents agreed with the statement that the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. But Republicans are far from alone in this sentiment. 51% of quote-unquote very liberal voters agreed with the same statement. Overall, 56% of the survey respondents said the government is corrupt. This included 66% of all Republican respondents, uh, 63% of independents, and 46% of Democrats. The survey of 1,000 registered voters found that a significant number of people expect that extreme measures may be necessary to protect against government overreach. Uh, 28% of respondents agreed with the statement that it may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government. 36% of Republicans, 35% of independents, and 20% of Democrats agreed. While Mm -hmm. some have portrayed this as a sign of increasing polarization or extremism, I think it's the kind of poll question that makes for dramatic results, but doesn't really tell us much. Agreeing that armed revolution may, or may not, may be necessary at some unspecified point in the future doesn't mean you think it's terribly likely to be necessary. One interesting finding is that people across the board believe that their political opponents might agree with them if they were better informed. Asked about people who you disagree with on political issues have said that, the root of the problem is that these people are misinformed because of where they get their information. 
Uh, 51% of Republicans, 52% of Democrats, and 37% of independents believe this. And despite being a poll about political polarization, the survey actually found a number of areas of agreement. Uh, asked if immigration is good for the country, only 34% of Republicans agreed, while 57% of independents and 73% of Democrats did. But asked if legal immigration is good for the country, these numbers were boosted to 70 72 and 82% respectively. Most respondents, regardless of political affiliation, were also in agreement that it should be illegal for private companies such as Verizon, Google, and Facebook uh, to collect information about people's phones and internet usage. Uh, the poll was conducted at the end of May, and uh, there's a link in the article for the results. Uh, end of that article. So uh, you look like it sounded like a little bit you wanted to chime in on one of those uh, statistics up there, MC. Um, wow, I was thinking about it. Now I've lost track. So I'm I'm trying to figure out like you know the the best way to put this on a T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I really you know I I. I had a brand name for a t-shirt company and then I just don't make any shirts because it takes, it takes more than just like the thought it takes some, you know, artistic creativity and talent, uh, to produce t-shirts. So every time I get like a t-shirt idea, I just send it, uh, to, to one of my t-shirt making associates here and then they never do anything with it either. Um, but I, you know, I was, I was, you know, thinking, I was, I forget how the conversation even came up the other day, but I was like, I just sent it off to Aria uh, of Free Talk Live, like one of the other co-hosts on Free Talk Live, and I was like, uh, put this on a shirt, right? It was like, you know, uh, dealers are greater than doctors, like the greater sign, like dealers greater than doctors, uh, for you know, for, for whom to get your medicine from, um, and a bunch of others, and this one, this what I'm thinking here might be too long to quote on a T-shirt. Um, but there's, you know, the, the old quote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time by the blood of patriots and tyrants. And I, what I, you know, what I want to change that to is uh, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time uh, with the votes of representatives and senators. <laughs> right. <laughs> because as we discussed before, even even here. Right in the in the free state of New Hampshire, there seems to be a general aversion uh, to the violence that is, I'm going to say, inevitable to maintain any semblance of a free society. Um, and there was another quote that I was reading earlier saying, "If if the violence comes, let it be in my generation, so that my sons may know peace." Um, and I might be moving a little bit away from that, as you know as I've been unfortunate uh, in my efforts to have more kids, um, and as my, as my uh, eldest son, or only son, you know, is getting close to, like, high school graduation age and moving on. Like, take up the mantle, boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm almost done, right? Like, I just, I don't, I don't care as much as I used to, and without being unable to like garner that sentiment and support uh, from, from people whom I thought would be more aligned. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm let the tyrants win. I'll be, you know, I'll be checked out by the time it matters. And then it's your fucking problem. Uh, but I told you so, right? Like, <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I like, uh, you know, 1984, the, the, the 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 I guess one of his most famous quotes is, "You you want a a vision of the the future? Imagine a, a boot stamping on your neck forever." <laughs> yes, and if the bureaucracy wins, then that's that's what will happen. And and again, like I respect all the peaceful, all the people who are trying to do this peacefully, right? Like go on, you know it's. It's easy to be peaceful um, when you're calling for change, right? And it's it's a it was a weird it was a weird strategy amongst early civil disobedience protesters here. Like when I would watch the civil disobedience going on in New Hampshire from abroad, like when I was still living in Hawaii, and they would always say like, "Well, we don't get violent, but we highlight the violence of the state," right? So they would like you know they'd be 
peaceful people uh, doing civil disobedience, protesting the government in some or some way, some shape or form, and the government would come in, right? Like you know, I, have you, okay. So have you been watching uh, any of the anarchist uh, TV show on HBO? Uh, uh, very little bit. There's like three episodes. We're we're halfway through. Like three out of six episodes, I think, is is where we're at right now. Maybe, maybe two. I don't remember. Um, anywho, like one of one of the like you know interstitial clips for the intro, right? They and I don't know how this is even relevant to the show, but it's in there. At least it, what a, what I appear to see is what I remember, and it was uh, Adam Kokesh and his silent dance party. At the oh, Jefferson body music. slammed. Yeah. When he gets body slammed, <laughs> right? Now he's a big dude, tough dude, you know, war veteran, former, you know, state employee, whatever. Um, I know that people have personal issues with him. Uh, I've met him uh, once, maybe twice. I don't recall, and I don't have anything bad to say about Adam Kokesh on a personal level. Right, like, but I've I've seen all I've read and I've seen all the other stories, so I'm not unaware of his reputation. But that one comes to mind uh, mostly because they've been featuring it on this anarchist show. Um, but also, like, okay, so you've got him peacefully dancing, doing his little thing with earbuds on, and the state comes in and just you know, this is the violence inherent in the system. And they pick him up and slam him, right? And as far as civil disobedience is concerned, the goal of that, right, is to turn normal people against the state, right? Like, look at this. Here is this guy just dancing with headphones on peacefully. And the state comes in and body slams him, right? And it's supposed to rile all this support uh, from the general populace. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but it begs the question, like, to do what? To vote harder next time? Right? Like, what What do you want from the general public when they see these videos? Are you trying to get them to vote libertarian? Are you trying, you know, are you trying to get them to come out and, and protest with you? Uh, that's that's another, like, joke amongst, you know, the libertarian podcasty circles. Right? Like, all libertarian podcasts are just libertarians interviewing other libertarians about their libertarian podcast. Right, like that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and in and, and a lot of ways that's that's totally true. Um what I mean, but why not? I mean, basically if if you want to be more accepted by, by your group, then you'll do something uh to make uh you know, the other people look bad. And and so I think that's perfectly legit thing to do uh you know and and adam kokesh is definitely at the top of the you know popularity contests in in the libertarian uh, circles and that should be pushed even further um you know the the more uh people like another one uh that rings a bell was um uh what's his name uh, the Anarchapoco guy, Jeff Berwick. Uh, Jeff Berwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, you know, arrested in the airports multiple times. I think so has Adam Kokesh. Been harassed and stuff. Um, and that's good. Like, hey, we could see, hey, they're they're, you know, basically Nazis, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, harassing people at 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 uh, public uh, institutions all over the yeah. place and. And and they should be highlighted and pointed out. Like, hey, do we want more of this or less of this? And, um. I hear what you're saying, and I guess in my mind, like the the goal of that would be to get people on your side, right? For when the time comes that the violence is necessary, right? Like, I I want uh, I want to encourage or influence yeah. enough people to go like, when the shit hits the fan, right? Like we are yeah. standing well, see, side by side. The, the problem is the shit has always uh, has already hit the fan. It's just uh, be, because things happen so incrementally um, that it's it's hard to pick the time, and probably never will be a time to go. Okay, well now is the time we all get our guns and right march down to the Capitol. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was 
I was sitting at Free Talk Live last week Sunday, and like the uh, Captain Kickass asked me a question like during the break, and I said like, "Do you want to ask me that on the air?" And he said, "No." I went, "Fine. Here's the answer." Right, and it was basically like, "At what point do you get violent?" And you know, I'm not I'm not going to go through the explanation here because we're a little pressed for time. Um, but as I was explaining to him, like when it's appropriate to get violent, right? He goes like, "Man, maybe I should have asked you on the air." I'm like, "You still can." Like, I'm, like I've I have thought this through, right? Like this is this is not this is not you know the whims or you know the angry uh, post pubescent you know anarchist libertarian who's like just fucking figuring this out shit out. Like I have given this a lot of thought, um, and so when I when I see those like th- those pieces of civil disobedience right i go like you know the the inevitable the inevitability is violence like this ends in violence at some point maybe not in our lifetime but at some point it's going to end in violence and it's either going to be a state on citizen violence or the other way around right and i would prefer that it be the other way around because yeah. we well, see the, the thing is let's say it's the other way around um the it's it's very simple for the state to just back off, and that's what happened in Hawaii. They they tried to implement a, a curfew, and that night a whole bunch of people started doing burnouts in the middle of the street, and they were just like, "Yeah, it's not worth it." And they and they just it just they they didn't even really make an announcement. It just went it just disappeared, you know, like uh, you know. So there was no violence not even necessary. Um, it was just people just you know the the state basically said, "Oh well, it's not worth it," but the state's still there. You know, they're, they're, they they could still make these declarations and say, oh, we're going to, you know, lock you down after 9 p.m. They can still do things like that, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think when, you know, when they make a stupid decision like that, that they should, you know, the, the state should be thrown out into the ocean. You know, <laughs> like, like right. obviously we don't need your opinion on when I should be able to go home uh after 9 p.m. or go out to a place after 9 p.m. Um, uh, but, you know, unfortunately, they're still there, you know. Right. So, But I would suggest that that's a good thing because one of the, you know, like, if you're not, if it doesn't come down to actual violence, right, much like the state has the looming threat of violence against citizens, right, comply, oh, we hurt you, right, there, there has to be that countering force of we're not going to comply, and if you try to force us, we will fight back, right? Like pol- politicians need to know that there's stake in the game. Uh, police officers and enforcers need to know that their you know their life is in jeopardy when they're enforcing bad edicts. Um, and to to round out my point about you know the civil disobedience activists, a lot of that um, peaceful posturing, to me, um, at this point, right? And and you know I could be wrong about this. But it's basically a waiting game to let someone else uh, fight for you, right? We'll, we'll, we'll say we're peaceful long enough, and then we'll survive the state. But when that violence comes, it will be the next generation's problem because we didn't stop it here, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's always, it's always the next generation's problem, and, that, and that's basically what everybody thinks. And um, even, even the politicians, um, they'll, they'll, they're happy to come up with creative ways to spend more taxpayers' money, uh, create more debt, and then, well, uh, we were successful at, at robbing people. Now it's your problem. It's, like, <laughs> it's, right. it's always the case. I get it. And I, and, but, uh, but the founding of this country... Right, there were a few fed up, or few people fed up enough, where it wasn't the case. Right there, they, at, at at one point they went, nope, fucking buck stops here, and that's why we had the revolution, and unfortunately the founding of a new country. Right, instead of just right, right. letting that ride, so you know credit where it's due, and you know uh, criticism yeah. where it's due as well. But right, they 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 were pushed to their limit. And it doesn't seem like it's. It seems like the the vast majority of patriots, libertarians, protesters, you know, civil disobedience activists, whatever, were like don't have a hard limit uh, as to, as to what it's going to take, you know. And every time it gets to that point, right, the limit. Well, it's not. It's not bad enough yet. And we'll no, just, and- just try it again. But but that's I think that's always the case, and I think that a lot of the you know freedom lovers that actually came from from Europe to the U.S. Uh, you know 
they were in the same position over, you know, in Europe. Like, well, we can't make change here. The bureaucracy is too big. You know, nobody will listen. They'll just constantly uh, make up new organizations, change definitions of words, and make it impossible for you know any any uh, traction to gain 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 traction. So anyway, they'll just. The best option is just to leave. So, where do we set up a new government? Do we do it? Go to New Hampshire and and set up a new government and uh, kick all the cronies out? Uh, de- depends who you talk to. I wouldn't set one up, but let's get let's kick all the cronies out here. Um, Mark, Mark, I'm I'm calling Mark Edge also a free talk live a poacher now um, because he's got his like you know Honduras. He's trying. Excuse me. Excuse. Me. He's trying to get people to to move to Honduras. Uh, and he's convinced a couple of free state project members uh, who moved here from like North Carolina to move to Honduras with him and set up shop over there. So I'm like now he's just poaching free state project people to do his own thing. So there are plenty of move here projects. Pick one, um, but like don't I guess don't don't pawn off the dirty work right to the next generation. Right? If, if you want it, <laughs> let's fucking go. You know if you do, if you don't want it, say so. Right. If you want it, let's fucking go. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I I thought of the idea maybe a couple of weeks ago of well, there needs to be a uh, a private organization, uh, you know, funded by donations or whatever, um, that can actually stand up with force against the state. Yeah. Um, so, like, a, you know, just a security company that actually, oh, you get to thrown into prison, we'll actually go in and break you out. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes please. Yes, please. <laughs> but but the, the, private, the privacy companies that they want to start here, right, is, well, what, what we really need is, like, more professional activists, right? So we need that same donation model so that we can pay people to do civil disobedience without having to worry about losing their jobs, Right or pay people to run for office where where they don't have to where they can just focus on the political candidacy and not have to worry about you know doing that plus having a real job uh, because being a politician in New Hampshire doesn't pay uh, you get like a hundred bucks a year or something like that so you can't be you can't be a career politician here which means a lot of people are iced out of that because it's you know expensive to do both so they want they want that collective funding uh, to to basically pay people to be career politicians i'm like no i i definitely like your idea better um we're way over time by the way so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop it there unless final thoughts and then we'll wrap things up uh my final thought is that uh you know if if we're gonna we were talking about right at the beginning of of uh monetary policy and stuff and that is uh bitcoin and gold are are, are real money. So Bitcoin is based on math. Gold is based on a physical uh, yeah. metal. Yep. Um, and uh, f- funny money. The, we're still in an inflationary model. We're still going to have inflation, even if prices are going up because of uh, other disruptions. Um, so anyway, uh, that, that's my that's my advice is for New Hampshire to uh, legalize those and, and make uh, Federal Reserve notes illegal. There you go. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace.